This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast, the most woke, the most unsweary, family-friendly Aston Villa podcast, winner of the Aston Villa Lifetime Achievement Award for Aston Villa podcasts. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the new dawn of Stephen Gerrard, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Budd, and... The man who brings joy and colour, Dan Rogers from the Villaunderground.com. Welcome, Hello. gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Do, do, do. Schmeichel <laughs> is a wanker. I've got all the gadgets this week. <laughs> what was that? I, I carry this to Villa games now, and then just to wind up the opposition, I just. <laughs> but it gets better than that. I can do multiple languages. Count the goals, Schmeichel. <laughs> Any language you want. <laughs> I, I did like uh, Schmeichel, and we're talking about uh, the new rule where apparently, if uh, if you touch a ball for like a millisecond with one, apparently hand, if you're a cheat, millisecond with one hand, you're in complete control. I did love when he's interviewed after the game. Uh, I think it was for match of the day where he said, Meh, "Don't even know why it went to VAR." You know, I know the rules. Wasn't even a conversation. Wasn't fuck even off. a conversation. Yeah, fuck you, Schmeichel. Anyway, welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we digress. Uh, we never digress. So, how are you, gentlemen? Uh, it's getting colder down at the Villa Park, but at least there's uh, there's actually more than one game a month at Villa Park now. So we're starting to see some returns from that uh, upfront season ticket payment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, you're not, not happy with the wins uh, no. I am very happy with the wins I'm just thinking about the price yeah yeah well uh, I mean to be honest with you uh, two good games this week though two good games in seven days these Seychelles fan tokens I did buy uh, the early allocation of Arsenal ones and uh, sold them immediately when they were released to the market to make enough money to cover my uh, Villa season ticket. So thank you very much, Arsenal. There's no way <laughs> I was... Another gift from Arsenal this year. There was no way I was going to buy Aston Villa ones because they did go down in value even below their... <laughs> below, their they did. below their issue price. But the Arsenal ones, I had a good feeling about them. 
Well, I made, I've made the mistake of investing in Leon Bailey's thighs, so I've mine are <laughs> seriously. Yours are broken. Yeah, mine are in negative equity. Now you, sh- you should uh, invest. There's a there's a company uh, which I think he is, actually has an investment. I think it's called Jamaican Sheds. Uh, <laughs> they're they're <laughs> good. It's a media company. You should look into it. Yeah, but the uh, the, the guy who does all the all the PR is a bit outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they've got a YouTube channel. It's uh, they've got all the mod cons. Uh, you should check them out. Good investment. They introduce all the family as well. <laughs> Thirty million quid people. So. Uh, how are you, Phil Shaw, over in the Monaco of uh, the UK? All good, just as normal. We're just getting preparing for a stormy week, apparently, ahead. So look out for Phil Shaw landing on your lawn. <laughs> like <last week>. <laughs> <laughs> so like a fortnightly occurrence. Yeah. Oh, you, uh, isn't it every, for, every, every storm that rips through, don't you lose a bit more of the Game of Thrones set? It just gets blown into yeah. the sea. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, coming up, we will get through uh, the latest Villa news, the three points... Media Muppets. Actually, it's not the media who are the Muppets uh, this week. And before we get into uh, the meat and gravy of the uh, the Leicester City game, and maybe we can talk a little bit about the uh, Manchester City game because we haven't discussed that on a on the main show. Back to back games at Villa Park. The good old days are back. Under the lights. So oh, you love that phrase, don't you, David? What, what did I? Uh, the night shift I came up with. I, I'm just trying to come up with something different. Because I, I can't stand under the lights. It's like, well, what's the other option? To play in the fucking dark? <laughs> <laughs> oh, under the holiday. lights. Oh, under the lights. Illuminating football. All right, before we go on, uh, just a shout out to uh, Free Trade, the commission free trading app for sponsoring the show. Free Trade is, uh, makes it very easy for you uh, without any commission where you can actually buy shares on your mobile device to uh, build a portfolio to hopefully grow your long-term wealth. Long-term, actually, shares have kind of gone rock bottom at the moment, so potentially uh, a time to uh, pick up some bargains. Uh, Remember, as with all investments, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than what you invest. The good news is, though, free trade will give you a free share for opening uh, an account and funding it uh, between the value of £3 and £200 and they are now uh, expanding into Europe uh, I think they now have uh, over a million uh, users please do go to freetrade.io slash moms m-o-m-s for more details there thank you very much right uh, let's get this show up and running shall we finally um, time for some uh, news shall we discuss politicians taking cocaine in parliament or the villa news oh it's a lively monday night well while you while you think about that i'm just gonna uh some on my gums hang on <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, that's not bad that one rogers i like that <laughs> Marching powder or villa? Uh, reluctantly, the villa. All right, time for the villa news. Best we draw a line under it. <laughs> oh, Five years I've been hanging around for that moment. Yes. <laughs> Is that when someone gets sent off? Is that your theme tune for that one? That's every time someone buys a Christmas jumper from the Villa Underground store, actually. <laughs> I, bet that's on re- I bet that's on repeat then, isn't it, at the moment? <laughs> it's weird. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> it's going to be a very Merry Christmas in the Rogers household. 
Right then, to this news. Uh, first cab off the rank. The tradition is back, as well as Christmas, as well as your birthday. Every year, I think it was in the, was it nine, no, early t- noughties, I think, uh, FA Cup third round, always paired Aston Villa with Manchester United. That tradition is back as United uh, host Villa in the third round at Old Trafford. There's a whole generation that hasn't experienced <laughs> the yearly spanking in the FA Cup in January. How, how many how many years was it? It was uh, like three it was or four on the trot. It was. I think it was. Was it three in five years we played? Yeah. It, was, it was only like broken by the interwar years. I think every 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 other year. <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID put pay to it. Yeah, so there's something to look forward to. Look, luckily, we've got somebody who fucking hates United uh, as our head coach now. So. Hopefully that will give us some kind of edge. Especially until the second half. Al- yeah, until the bring yeah, until the, the, bench until the last 10, 10 minutes to go. <laughs> God. Meanwhile, Mr. John McGinn has been nominated for November Player of the Month and Gerard uh, Manager of the Month. And that was before the Leicester game. So that was on the back of winning two games. It's, it's great to have that kind of media favouritism. It's clout, isn't it? It's just pure clout. A winner. You know, you just need somebody connected to Liverpool, Manchester United. Then you get nominated all the time. You know, you you headline maker first choice on match of the day all that kind of shit Jamie Carragher waxing on about how great Villa are now coming to our training ground it's a different world now we've got real legit clout meanwhile Nakamba deservedly was awarded Villa player of the month for November Meanwhile, uh, Aston Villa and Crystal Palace were charged by the FA for failing to control their players during the game at Selhurst Park. It's rich. Which, uh, you know, it was a feisty game at times, but nothing out of the ordinary, surely. No one got sent off. It was the referee that was didn't know what the fuck he was doing at all. Yeah, it used to be their job to control players. Yeah, I know, exactly. I mean, he was he was awful, wasn't he? Dreadful for both teams when he was shambolic. There's a lot of uh, awful uh, refereeing, but this guy was, uh, I mean, I, who was he? Was it his first game? Yeah, it was yeah. his first Premier League game, wasn't it? Uh, meanwhile, guess who popped up? Finally introduced back uh, into the under-23s, uh, Mr. Trezeguet. First appearance since his uh, ACL injury at Anfield uh, last season. Funny enough, uh, that's where Villa head to next. He got 60 minutes against the Blues at Bodymore Heath, scoring a penalty in a 3-3 draw. What do you mean, a 3-3 draw? How can we draw against the Blues? Surely that's uh, a They still mispr- haven't beaten us. That's the a point. misprint. It's a misprint. <laughs> Villa ladies uh, romped to a 7-0 victory at Sunderland. Was that in the Cup? Yeah. Is it the Conti Cup, I think it's called? Conti Cup. <laughs> what? I'm <laughs> not sure one. about the marketing of that one. <laughs> they do take my suggestions seriously after all. <laughs> yeah, Chris Budden's a bit... Yeah. Bit, bit blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's a certain colour. Have some respect. Right, uh, it's time to uh, palette what uh, the media has uh, been doing this week. Uh, it's time for a little uh, media Muppets. <laughs> So, Mr. Shaw, what's in the Media Muppet trough this week? Oh, please don't boo Jack Grealish. Please, pretty please. I mean, that's <laughs> that's all we heard for the whole build-up to the, the Man City game. I mean, you can take your pick of Muppet this week from countless ex-players and pundits who took their chance to tell Aston Villa fans how they were meant to behave when Jack Grealish returned to Man City. I mean, you had Jimmy Carragher, you had Gabby Bonlord, Lee Hendry, Kevin Phillips, Clinton Morrison. Clinton Morrison of all yes. people. Glenn Murray. <laughs> Glenn Murray, who bounced between Palace and Brighton, who 
despise each other. And he's the one that's saying that um, how disappointed it was the reception wasn't universally positive. Um, but yeah, you could, you could see this comp. I don't get why everybody, and this is even when he was at the club, give him hand jobs permanently. <laughs> <laughs> when even you know when he's not playing, when he's not racking up uh, goals and assists or whatever, and not influencing big games, everybody was still you know he got into the England squad when he didn't play for months. Yeah, wearing one flip flop. I don't this, understand this it. Rea- yeah, this reaction was to be expected after the Grealish PR machine um, kicked into gear. We had a Telegraph exclusive with John Percy, which may as well have been a press release. Yeah, as that soon was- as I saw that, I thought uh, people have been at work here. Yeah, pushed. It was pushed out before the match, talking about his charitable donations that probably only Grealish knows about. And that's usually the way that works. Um, then Talksport had features on it during the day before the match, and worst of all was the the, the club Twitter rolling out the yeah. red carpet with the the worst social media post I've ever seen, saying "Welcome back." At the end of the day, it's just fans again being treated like idiots, being told yeah, how, exactly. to, how to feel and how to think. The the article we could stank of PR just because. Uh, how do they know, uh, you know, about these charitable donations uh, unless the the journalist has been told about them? If you know what I mean. If normally when people are doing uh, good deeds, nobody really gets to know about it. They just do them, and that's it. And then you know, hearsay maybe. But here it's almost like, oh yeah, don't don't forget mention this, mention that, you know, mention this. Oh, I mentioned that time I wanted to go to Manchester United as well. And Spurs, don't forget Spurs. It's so pointed, but, uh, you know, whatever on that respect. But then the club to do what they did, it's just like, you don't patronise us. You, do you understand football? There is a routine. If you leave a club, you get booed <laughs> when you come back. It's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah we roll cabbages at people, for God's sake. Don't they know us? <laughs> we throw well. inflatable cocks on the pitch. <laughs> Yes. trying to brainwash me we have a reputation to uphold <laughs> we've got standards in this stadium yeah, yes uh, the football but, world at large have expectations of us to do something not don't tell us what to do yes but at the end of the day all's well at Enzel well because uh the fans gave the perfect response when he entered the pitch when they just all started chanting villa till i die so yeah perfect yep that was full-on actually it was uh very it's vocal loud. and loud yeah and he got a bit of a clap, didn't he, when he walked towards the whole ten? He's like, yeah. yeah, you got your reception, fine. He's probably had a clap before. I'm just glad all that's done now. You, we can just draw a line under the whole fucking mm. thing. Move on. But, but, it, but actually, it doesn't really preoccupy the average Villa fan. Nah. Grealish coming back was no real big deal. It was just because it was piped up as an yeah. excuse to get him some more column inches to get the, the hyper Grealish out there. And then the club just jumping in. I mean, you know, still, you know how I am with the fucking word legends. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, a player who's just, you know, his claim to fame is helping win, win us a uh, playoff to get us promoted. That's not really in the pantheon of greatness uh, in, you know, in the history of Aston Villa in terms of what we've won. And, uh, you know, to this day, nobody wipes the arse of the uh, 1982 <laughs> European Cup winners. They, you know, they still uh, treated like second-hand mm. citizens with like begging bowls at the actual game doing their PA uh, appearances in hospitality, which, you know, it's kind of, I think, degrading that they have to scratch around. Whereas if you're at Liverpool, you got like Dalgleish sat in the director's box. Uh, I mean, it's obviously timing and a lot of money came into the game, you know, Premier League, Circuit of the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera. So it's bad timing for those guys. 
but in terms of real football tradition, I mean, you know, Creelish isn't a legend. I'm sorry, people like him, and uh, quite, you know, rightly so. And he was a good, good player to watch. But I mean, people were joking on social media with like Scott Carson and Carl Walker, you know, welcoming, <laughs> welcoming them back. But yeah, he's just another player. And by the way, if he didn't make, you, you kind of put Villa fans' backs up. I think more so. Mm. You know, he would have got a, an applause or whatever. But these numpties coming out saying that, you know, it's a disgrace, it should be uniform. Don't tell us what to fucking think. And, you know, when you look at some of these names and what they've done and the hypocrisy involved, it's, uh, you know, it's a bit rich. It's funny. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, I immediately think about any significant life decision that I need Clinton Morrison's opinion on it. Um, <laughs> or Lee Hendry's, for that matter. Um, yeah, no, no, exactly. no, actually, no, no, I, I don't. Yeah. You mean you didn't consult Clinton Morrison for the Christmas jumpers? Yes, you did, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Right, on to the three points. Uh, First one, uh, speaking of ex-Blues players, Jude Bellingham faces uh, a criminal charge of defamation after post-match comments about referee Felix Wehr in Dortmund's uh, clash with uh, Bayern Munich, uh, which they lost 3-2, if my memory serves me right. The ex, uh, I don't know if you heard this, this was quite funny when he said, uh, you look at a lot of the decisions in the game, you give a referee that has match fixed before the biggest game in Germany and what do you expect? (laughs) 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 That's a belter, that. When you heard that, you just thought, fucking fair play, son. You're going to get fucking fined for that at least. (laughs) What do you expect? You expect legal action? That's what you expect, Jude? What's the truth of what happened with old uh, Zvea? Well, it's interesting because Bellingham has opened up a bit of a can of worms. Um, the fix Bellingham is talking about happened in 2004. Zvair was a young assistant referee at the time who was caught up with a charged match fixture of a referee called Robert Hauser, who was later jailed for fixing a series of low division matches and cup games. It was a secret sting operation done by the German FA that found out that Zvair had taken 300 euros to make sure that um, Wuppertaler SV would beat Werder Bremen's second team in the third division. Oh. Um, but it gets more interesting. They couldn't prove that Zvair had indeed we, fixed the match. We, we've only got an hour or less than an hour. But this is a good one. Um <laughs> 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 it couldn't prove that Zver had fixed the match and he flipped. He turned witness for the prosecution and escaped the criminal conviction for match fixing. So he was so a mole. He, yeah, he was a mole. He was allowed to continue then as a match official. Ten years later, he was voted the referee of the season in Germany. Now, obviously, all this is before... <laughs> How <should> pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, all this is before Bellingham's time, but... Um, him bringing it back into the public light is bound to be embarrassing for the German FA who, um, after he helped them convict the other referee, uh, just you know, let him carry on in his way, let him become a top referee. Fair play for Bellingham for doing his research, or, or somebody obviously uh, in Dortmund's team obviously knew of uh, this chap's uh, previous. Point number two, after the Tracy Crouch report was published, uh, the fan-led review in governance last week, uh, a new report, this time on the uh, the scenes outside Wembley before the European Champ- Championship final between England and Italy was published too. I'm sure everybody knows what happened uh, on that day. Some of the quotes uh, here. Ticketless fans were like a line of 6,000 zombies trying to get in. It's like a line of people queuing to get to Aston Station. <laughs> it is indeed. One person hijacked a disabled child's wheelchair to try to trick their way in. This was because they knew that there was like 25,000 free seats and there was an opportunity mm. there, wasn't there? And people were like 
coked up and all sorts day of drinking and uh just uh took their chances and it's a fucking disgrace would this happen in another european country i don't think so i think it's mad when towards the end of the report i read that all the security services on site were praying that italy would win on penalties Mm. they wanted their team to lose because they knew if england won it would be like a major incident Mm -hmm. yeah i think the thing that caught me i mean we all saw clips and videos of, of what was going on in the ground and around the ground. I think that it was the there were some very, very near misses, weren't they, with trampling yeah. it in some of the doorways and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the point was made around other incidents in football that have uh, uh, happened and uh, it makes you wonder what, what might have been, actually. And just this like blatant doing it, you know, there's loads of reports of people just doing gear on Wembley Way just in, on, and in the ground like, in view of a camera. Yeah. And just, you know, mm-hmm. people shitting in the street, throwing bottles, smashing up shops. It's just idiots. Brexit Britain in full effect. Well, football didn't come home, did it, that day? No, well, it doesn't deserve to when you get fucking idiots like that. It's That's what, when I, you know, we've spoke about it loads of times, when I moan about my dislike of England, it's not the team, it's all the shit that surrounds it. It's the 10 yeah, German yeah. Bombers Brigade, it's all of that shit. Yeah, because, you know, you, everybody likes a laugh, obviously, when they go to the football. But when it's just, like, fucking baseline knuckle-dragging, then they can fuck it, fuck it right off. Well, the report off. was saying, yeah, there was reports of drunk, drunken behaviour at nine in the morning. It's like, well, come well, on, that's it. late, isn't it, before a game? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Boring, bud. Boring, bud. I'm so oh, Fucking hell. <laughs> Bud was there with a litter picker on the day. Boring bastard. <laughs> Little black bag. <laughs> Looking for empty bags of cocaine. <laughs> that plastic won't degrade. <laughs> uh, we're we trying to find a happy medium here between having yeah. fun and... Uh, Not being a complete dick. Dicks, yeah. 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 And it's quite a large spectrum and they still managed to miss. Right, uh, let's, let's transition into a feel-good, happy story, shall we? Speaking of Europe. <laughs> a ball kicked into the River Tay. If you want a visualisation, think about Bruno Fernandes' penalty against Villa for your Manchester United at Old Trafford uh, this season. A ball kicked into the River Tay by Dundee Athletic. I didn't even know there was a Dundee Athletic. Two weeks ago, has ended up in the Netherlands after the 11-1 loss in uh, in the Dundee Saturday Morning Football oh League. <laughs> well, hang on, I'm, let me just check the pink paper for this one. I thought that this was a story about the Dundee Sunday <laughs> Afternoon League. I didn't. I wouldn't have run it if it if it was just the uh, Dundee Saturday Morning Football League. <laughs> But anyway, they lost uh, 11-1 to uh, St. James's. The team manager of Dundee Athletic, Matt Smith, said uh, it was a brand new ball and had only been in play for around 10 minutes when somebody basically hoofed it and it landed in the river. Two weeks later, a woman called Esther Verley's contacted the team via the Saturday Morning (laughs) Football League. This is dubious. (laughs) This came from the... the, uh, the research of Phil Shaw, by the way, <laughs> to say she had found the ball on a beach in uh, Vlieland in uh, the Netherlands and uh, returned it. So uh, people are always joking about these hoof balls and going off into space and whatever, but uh, this one actually, real-life destination, it went into another country, got into Europe. It, t- it took two weeks to get there, but still. Best thing about it, I think, some managers complaining it was a brand-new ball. That takes me back <laughs> in the old days when you, you kicked it into the head and it burst <laughs> It's a brand new ball. It immediately delivered a new variant into mainland Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Dundee Saturday Morning Football League variant. 
<laughs> right, uh, let's get into this game, shall we? Leicester at home. This was one, uh, If when you're looking at December fixtures, those first three ones, you thought, well, this is our best chance. Leicester aren't all what they used to be in recent seasons. They're down a few men, a bit of a ropey defence. The injury situation hasn't really cleared up for Jared. I thought that was going to be the scenario where he would get a bit more of an easier run than Smith had. But uh, to be fair, similar wickets. Uh, Bailey's fucking useless and hamstringed <laughs> hamstringed every other week Ings has gone back to old Ings uh, being injured so uh, Gerard's had to make do without two of those uh, 30 million pound men and he's making a better fist so it is a kind of direct comparison at this stage in terms of uh, team selection uh, obviously we weren't expecting Bailey uh, Target didn't recover in time so Ashley Young filled in there you did look at the bench and you thought, ah, we're a bit weak on the bench now after, you know, we got kind of excited in recent weeks that we actually had a semblance of a, of a kind of a dynamic bench that could actually, and Gerard was using his substitutes very well in, in recent games, but now it looked a bit thin. So uh, I was thinking we might have to rely more on what was on the pitch at the start. But again, game of two halves. What do you think of, uh, let's start with the first half uh, generally. Louise and Nakamba, were you happy with that? both of them sitting uh, as deeper midfielders? I was. I thought it gave us a bit of balance, to be honest. And it, it allowed someone like a McGinn to actually get further forward and influence the game rather than being sort of held back in his own half too much. Because there is a school of thought it should be one or the other. But I think it's, uh, I think when you were, you know, you're in a situation where you've lost five on the bounce, that what I would be doing if I was taking over I'd be going back to that original back four that mm. did did well last season and then I would be looking midfield wise to be the focus being on defensively solid before I even thought about anything else and Louise is progressive anyway you know, Louise was getting involved I mean, he was getting involved. 14 misplaced passes, wasn't it? So that was good getting involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Louise was very good against Manchester City in the second half. Uh, he, you know, he helped wrestle the game away. Uh, We've worked out we, only, we just need to win the second halves of games. That's that's the cunning plan here. It's not how you start, Dan. It's not it's unless they were dangerous, to be honest. I thought I did always... Well. I, I thought Cash had a, a torrid time the first... 15, 20 minutes, um, Barnes yeah, and, Harvey, and Madison. Harvey were, looked good, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were very good, but he, he wasn't given a lot of help. I mean, I quite like Harvey. I mean, he's, you know, mm. he's, the way he took his goal was kind of how he plays. He plays, cool. he slows the game down when he gets the ball. He plays at a different kind of pace. It, it was, it was, he's quite good to watch. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought once we got, we had 15, 20 minutes on me, there was a couple of misplaced passes from Young as well, who overall had a, had a very good game, ultimately. Dan, Dan's been watching the misplaced passes. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's his key key focus. <laughs> yes. I just go. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that, that's that's for Buendia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are no misplaced passes from Buendia, David. And you, you got your French one for Sanson. <laughs> yes. Sticking on the subject of the midfield, do you think we we have solved this issue? Because that was the issue before Gerard came in. I think, and I've said a couple of times now, I think that Nakamba's been given very straightforward instructions, that he's doing very, very well. And I think that that's <laughs> disrupt the play and give it to someone who can pass a football as soon as you've got it. Uh, and it's working really, really well. Um, and, and I do, I mean, obviously... 
talking about Louis giving the ball away a lot, but he always shows for the ball, and he always his his instinct is to move the ball forward or move himself forward, and I think that that's that's proven very effective as well. Definitely got more of a license now, hasn't he, yeah. to uh, get up there? There was three or four times in the second half where Louis was was bursting alongside uh, Watkins. Yeah. You know, on the other side of the halfway line, I thought that was that was really positive. It reminded me of when he, he was still a bit raw when he first joined Villa, and he he, he was dangerous, you know, in front of goal, and we yeah. haven't really seen that since we since we shackled him <laughs> as we tend <laughs> yeah. to do. Oh, you're Brazilian, are you? We don't need any of those. Uh, <laughs> any of those we don't want any of that fancy pants stuff at, <laughs> Come at, at and train this with club. Mr. Lansbury for a couple of seasons. You'll, you'll soon coach that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So what was going wrong in the in the first half? Because after the match, Gerard said uh, in no uncertain terms that he gave him a bit of a bollocking. I think he said gave him a ribbon. Well, he said he said himself, we were just getting caught in transition. If, you, if you're going to put your two fullbacks to get involved, you've got to keep the ball. Yeah. Well, if you if you if you look at Leicester's yeah if you look at Leicester's first goal, Cash gets sucked in. I mean, it, it Cash should have stayed out in his position to stay with Barnes, but he mm. got drawn into the midfield when Nakambo was battling for the ball. So, two Villa players go to one Leicester player for the ball, and then a pass or a bobble just takes the two of them out of the game, leaving mm. Barnes free. So it's maybe getting players to stick to these positions that Jared wants them to play in, rather than them sort of like almost like a bit of fear you know retreating to going for the ball you know just showing a bit of tenacity and going for the ball rather than you know, stay where you're told to play because that was our downfall uh in the smith uh three center back was the the, the wing yeah. backs just getting yeah. caught up and staying up and uh we were very fragile on on both wings and you know as soon as you've got those left and right sided center backs having to run across to compensate you're just opening yourself mm-hmm. up in the middle and we got caught out so many times yeah, I think that could be an interestingly that could be a dangerous tactic at Anfield. I mean, my, my, what I would say that was different, that was pleasing, was that no sooner had Leicester scored the goal, um, you know, heads didn't drop and we were straight, straight on on the offensive again. I thought, I thought that was very positive that we didn't let it affect us, we didn't rock. Um, you know, I think back to it was a few games ago now. I think back to the Wolves game where the whole mentality of the team was was very different, um, and that that was positive. What was the uh, other game this season where we replied pretty quickly? Was it Brentford? 
Yeah. We went up the other end and scored relatively soon, didn't we? And yeah. you know, even against Manchester City, we scored like as soon as the first half started. Mm. So mm. it's good to see there's been, uh, well, proactiveness in terms of mm. doing something about the result like straight away. They're not just uh, heads down and then it takes 10, 20, you know, 30 minutes to uh, actually get the resolve back yeah. to uh, have a go. And that's a real positive mentality wise. Yeah, and if you're talking about something that's going to affect their mentality, the the decision towards the end of the first half had the potential just to derail them completely. Yeah, that could have been a head's gone earlier in the season. We're talking about the Ramsey goal, which uh, I believe should stand. Everyone Where Mr. believes should stand. <laughs> Mr. Schmeichel uh, put his fingertip on the ball. Apparently, he was in complete control, even though literally it was for a scene. In, in NFL, there's no way. In football, there's no way, David. Yeah, no, this is the <laughs> thing. Actual you know, they always talk about, does he have control of the ball? It's one of the big things about the wide receiver. Does he have control of the ball? You know, And it comes into play play in so many permutations like whether he steps out of bounds whether he's you know there's a fumble and mm-hmm. and so you always see it in the slow motions and you know the referee and for it to actually come into play here and this is like this is a player who's got zero control of the ball yeah yeah in the rules they tried to justify that oh no actually but it, it did make me laugh uh, in the i think i saw it on match of the day too uh Mm, I saw the same one because I was quite interested yeah. to see what uh, like a show like that would say about it because you know I'm calling people assholes on social media and then <laughs> people are going oh, man, <laughs> just another day at mom's <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's not like I'm not, I'm not like going through the rule book and everything and going well actually if you look at uh, uh, regulation 5.4 technically I'm not interested that is just bullshit that was a bullshit decision I don't care what the fucking rules are that's just bullshit some people did say that but when Mm. the match of the day crew broke it down they they had to go at the grammar of the rule because it was it was just ridiculous it's just it's almost like they made it up before the game and they forgot to uh, sub it for grammar well the rule reads like it should be two sections to it there's like a very clear punctuation point that would make the second part be affected by the first but because it hasn't it's like it reads as one load of gobbledygook that's one rule Mm. it's ridiculous this is what we're dealing with in football but I did think it was excellent. It was a subtle thing that happened in the ground where they they played the uh, on the big screens yeah. the actual. That was <laughs> someone first, will get in, I'm sure someone will get in trouble for that first class shithousery that basically was caused it, a riot. They? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and it did ensure that 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 Schmeichel got absolute dogs abuse for the rest for 45 of the minutes. <laughs> I haven't seen a player get bagged out like that for, before in a long time. Nothing well, wrong with it at all. I no. Well, the thing about Schmeichel was he, he was. He was complaining about the the cons of first goal, the, the one that Wendy heads it and uh, saying he's offside. It wasn't yeah, even close. It, it was an mm-hmm. oh, it was an absolute. You know the whole game. Yeah, that that was weird. That because nobody really celebrated in you the saw ground. Saw the equaliser. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh fuck, this is going to get ruled out. And yeah. and the players, you know, Buendia was like, ah oh, fuck. Yeah. And he just thought, ah oh, shit. So what's so you know he looked over to the linesman, nothing going mm. there. And then when you looked at the replay, mm. you're like, what the fuck's the problem here? There's no problem. What are these <laughs> what are these Leicester cunts doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's nothing to be waving your arms at. What about you know? You, can't you see that guy Schmeichel standing next to you? Mm. On, on your right hand side he's standing on the fucking goal line so how can he be offside it was Luckman wasn't it Look, yeah. Luckman he's over there ridiculous ridiculous stuff but uh, I think the meme that was going around when uh, Schmeichel went up into our box when they were chasing the game late on and <laughs> Mings, Mings held his face Mings held <laughs> his, his face clothes lined <laughs> 
It's like Ming's in control of Schmeichel with one hand. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it was a shame uh, with the old uh, Ramsey because after mm. skying it, uh, he skied it a few times it, when it good chances. It you know it'd be good to, uh, for him to get a few more goals in s- such situations just to. Uh, I thought he played well again. Yeah, he had fade, another good game, didn't he? Fade the memories of those row Z in the Holt shots. Yeah, because that one that he did following the, the tug away, it was, it was good intent, it was good anticipation to know that Schmeichel was going to fl- fluff it out and yeah. do that. So, I mean, it, that's, that's a shame for him because that was that's, that's surprising from Ramsey. I didn't expect he had that sort of in his locker to go into the six-yard box to finish it. No one no one who's watched or played football for any length of time other thought that was not a goal other than that bell-end Oliver, you know. And yeah. he, he, another example of a, you know, what, what he didn't see anything live. Nothing, you know, and watching again on that stupid little TV at the side of the... It's, and no one in the Leicester team raised a hand or anything. No they weren't did. appealing oh. it. They just thought it was a fuck-up anyway. Yeah, in. remember the uh, Gary Crosby for Forrest, where he headed the ball yeah. out of keeper's hands. What keeper mm, yeah. was it? I can't remember it was, what... It was for against, Co- against Coventry. I think it was against Coventry. That was disallowed, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those where the pundits go, well, no, he's showing initiative, give him the bloody goal. Mm. Now, you know, does he have the control of the ball there? Well, you've, there's more of a case because he's got both mm. hands on it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it you can't, in a crowded penalty box where, you know, all hell breaks loose, just have one little hand on the oh. ball and goes, it's in, it's in my control. After the goalkeeper's <laughs> basically spilled it. I mean, yes, you know, if yeah. you play the whole sequence, you know, no one in the ground thought it was a foul. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder, there's, a... there's, there's a part of me that wonders... Uh, it's d- not d- that Dortmund referee, uh, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, I did get into a little bit of trouble with a tweet that suggested... <laughs> Alleged referee. Yeah, yeah, the Bundesliga is a bit fishy, isn't it? But I do wonder whether the Premier League kind of likes this controversy. It's good for promotion. It's good for all publicity. It's good publicity. Oh, cynical approach there from the Rogers, but uh... luckily it didn't end up costing <laughs> costing us. You know, the, the result in the end was fair. That was the main thing to, to Villa's credit in uh, the last season or so. Uh, it's like when McGinn, you know, we were playing Arsenal away uh, this season, the season before, and McGinn scores in like in the opening minutes, and it's chalked off, and you're like, "What the? Mm. You know, what's wrong yeah. with that?" Yeah, and you think, uh, you know, just what you need against Arsenal is an early goal. And uh, you think, oh, we've, is this going to cost us? We went on to beat them three nil, and we seem to uh, right wrongs. Uh, reasonably well at the moment so mm. that's one positive uh going for for us just a quick opinion uh does conscious touch make that goal or was it going in anyway it was going in anyway to be honest yeah, yeah. and off the post it was it would have been off the post but that just made sure yeah i mean you could argue that conza was due one back after the mings uh <laughs> situation yeah, the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only thing I thought I felt for Buendia there because I thought uh, well without his effort it's not a goal. Well, and he, he's not exactly prolific in the air, is he? So no, exactly, yeah. And I think it would it would pour a bit of water on a little bit of a false narrative that was running after the the Man City game where he he pretty much bossed the midfield. Um, I but, thought it was excellent. But I think a lot game. of people. Well, there, there was a, a small group of people who wanted to focus on one misplaced pass, and again, I think we saw against Leicester what uh, you know there were any number of of occasions where he managed to re- release the ball or carry the ball through from through impossible 
situations. Yeah, was yeah. I, was I there was it. one, wasn't there, out on the touchline by the Dugelli stand where he just took about three players out of the game with a little flick round the back, and you thought yeah. that's yeah. quality. That's, that's a player who's got a bit of conf- who's growing in confidence, and it's a player that needs the other players to get involved and get on the ball. Yeah. And we need yeah, yeah. more possession, and then you've got an ace up your sleeve because people are going, "Ah, oh, he's a bit lightweight for me." He's a bit like it's like. Give him the ball. Yeah, it might be if he's defending fucking set pieces all the time because yeah, we're yeah. we're playing shit. But if we actually do something more dynamic and actually play, get some possession and actually use the ball, then he's a you know he's an ace in the pack. And he took a couple of heavy challenges. I mean, there's one in the second half where he basically got double teamed by uh, I think it was Evans, and uh, you know he, he still one he got somehow got through the challenge, but he, he played a ball through I think into Louise, and there was a, a break off the back of it. But there were across the whole middle third of the pitch, he he's all across that. And he, mo- he moves really well, fantastic. doesn't he? Closes yeah. space down. It's yeah. the, the more we, the more I, I watch Brendia, and I, I think it's a very, he could be a very, very dangerous player. I think we just need to get perhaps tuned into some of the stuff, and he, you know, I think he's improved massively. Don't get me wrong; I don't think he started particularly well for Villa. No. But um, you know, it, it's just it, we, it's a new new club, isn't it? And yeah. uh, a club that doesn't know its arse from its elbow in terms of formations. Uh. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't at right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, no. It's, Promising, definitely. And, and with, I think because we had Nakamba and Louise deeper, Louise connects the front to the back a bit more. He doesn't, it means Louise doesn't have to be too proactive in possession, but it means someone like McGinn, you can kind of just set him off like a firecracker going forward. McGinn is dogged, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, and you saw on a couple of occasions, he just gets around the pitch, but he, he's, he's improved on the ball. You know, there was the great slide rule ball for Watkins, who yeah. probably should score that chance. Yeah. There was a, there was another one where I think he played Ramsey when he probably could have shot himself. Yes. He also he went on a mad, those, crazy, yeah. madman run. Yeah, we just flattened everything inside. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you want to see from the him. Wessel, the Wessel had gone mentally. He refused to stop. <laughs> the referee desperately, no, he's already dead, John. <laughs> I mean, Watkins potentially could have had a hat-trick in the second half. Hmm. Yeah, He put in a great shift yeah, all game. He just works tirelessly. But I think definitely like Louise and Ramsey kind of helping Buendia link up play yeah. a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, well, it's it's making... interplay, isn't it? Yeah, it's improving the midfield. I mean, you're thinking that you know if Grealish was around with Buendia, that would have been a, an interesting combination been fun to watch. as well. Because you've got players playing on a different wavelength. Yeah, he's a has been. He's passed in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, if, if Samsung comes to the party a bit, uh, Gerard understandably is kind of easing him in. He's at least he's getting him in to be part of the uh, the team, which he never has been. He's just been a, an outsider, hasn't he? Yeah. But with these cameos, at least he well, uh, him and you know him and Chip Maweka, To be fair, he must trust them because when he brought them on, yeah, the game wasn't finished at that point. It was, no, no, no. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done. We had to manage the game at that point. Yeah. Well, Sanson basically was a was a second cover at left back. That he was, yeah, a very tidy footballer though, Sanson. And the, I think that I've, I've said before, but you know, in, in writing and on this, any, this any dispossessed passes. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't think. Listen, 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 listen. This is. I think Sanson's played more more minutes in the last two cameo appearances in than in pff, what a year? A whole year. Yeah. He had nine touches. So, there you go. There you go. How many? How many million a touch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there million? is that. <laughs> the thing is, you are you are seeing uh, Gerard making these subs, and 
you know, the Sanson one is, you know, also it's to get him involved, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so he's yeah. part of the match day squad, so he can be called on. I mean, Tuan Zabi actually got on as well <laughs> for his for his one touch. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was surprised at that that he changed and went there back five at the end because it's not what well, it worked. So I mean, Leicester started throwing on all the forwards. They mm. they went a bit Paul Lambert on it. So I suppose <laughs> yeah. you had the you had the convert and go to five at the back. It shows how far they've come, though, in the last few years, where they can leave out Ian Atcho and Vardy, who always score against us, and they had Perez off on the bench as well. Yeah, that was strange, because they were complaining about injuries and stuff. But and they, they were without Tielemans, who's a massive player for them in the middle yeah. of the park, and they were without Pereira at fullback, who's probably one of the best fullbacks but in the strikers, league. But strikers, they didn't... I mean, they went... They, they left a man who always scores against us yeah. on the bench. This is one of the pitfalls of... of um... European football because there was a comment in the I very rarely watch all the pre uh, pre preamble. preamble stuff but Rogers made reference to the uh, Napoli game which I think is the, the, the Thursday, Thursday yeah. following the, the Leicester game and it just reminded me a little bit of the things I didn't like when Villa I mean many years now since we've been involved in Europe where you start to forget where your priorities are sometimes and that's not to say you go and do a Martin O'Neill in Moscow yeah. but they they left like you say, a guy who scored for fun against us. I mean, he must be one of our. I mean, him and Vardy have been our bogey, bogey strikers. Um, and they they were dangerous going forward. But I just thought that's an. In- when managers start to do that sort of tinkering between Europe and the league, I mean, Leicester in eleventh now with a squad that probably should be top six. Well, top half, possibly. Definitely. You know, I think they punched above their weight the last couple of years, but. They're still a good side, but I mean, you saw Rogers after the game, and we'll go on to the, the goals. But two set piece goals, and I think this is the joint highest conceded as a set piece goals. It's, I think it was no no like clean sh- no away clean sheets in fourteen or fifteen, and no clean sheets at all this season. I think. Yeah, they flatter to deceive. Comes yeah. uh, the 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 second goal was a gift, wasn't it? Just yeah. just back post, nobody there. Bing bang bosh, easy easy mm-hmm. streak, Com- and that came in a really yeah, it was a really great period for Villa. That first sort of fifteen minutes. 15, 20 minutes of the second half, Villa could have run through them mm. in that period where the, I think because of the Schmeichel incident, the, it lifted the crowd. You know, sometimes <laughs> it only needs like a tackle or one incident. Oh, just great fun that second half. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the whole end, it was probably, well, I for me, it was the best atmosphere we've had at Villa Park since being back after COVID. It was a really good, like positive atmosphere. And the Villa fans were sort of just kind of saying to the team, just come on, just get at them. Yeah. And you saw when they actually did and got the ball down and played with a bit of confidence and belief. Leicester are great with the ball, but I think they're crap without it. You notice that uh, in the Manchester City second half, I mean, admittedly, the quick uh, second half goals for Watkins against mm. Manchester City helped. But instantly, this was not a for long cause uh, from a fan's point of view. They they believed no. that Villa could get back in this and, uh, you know, the team gave it a good go. And this is encouraging to because, you know, let's be honest, the... Uh, Villa Park atmosphere hasn't been what it could be and obviously we had that Covid break and then when we got back we we were kind of again excited about that Everton game because we were thinking oh this could be like uh, the atmosphere when we uh, got promoted uh, the first season Ooh, back Yotta to Wesley well those were yeah. times weren't they? and that atmosphere at Villa Park was banging and you thought is it going to be like this every every week Cause, or every mm. other week this is going to be uh, it's like a new dawn like that drop into the championship has uh, revitalised us reprogrammed but- us I'm to use Phil, Phil Shaw's phrase wherever yeah. I can. But, you know, coming back from COVID, it wasn't as yeah. uh, the big build-up. You were thinking, well, as, you know, people are going to have pent-up uh, energy here. So, that, you know, crowds should be uh, should be a new new dawn. But it hasn't been. But the last 
last uh, couple of games at Villa Park, now there's we're on a kind of a mission, and we've got uh, a manager that seems to have a steeliness, a, a pragmaticness, uh, you know, no bullshitness to him, mm. and uh, wants to win. It's it's kind of getting back to uh, an expectation of that we should be winning at Villa Park now. And the crowd will help that. I think so because it's always been the same with, the, especially the the Villa Park crowd. Our away supports, you know, always always been pretty good. But it's always that chicken and egg thing with the Villa fans, where it's like, if should the fans get behind them and that will lift the team, or do we wait for the team to lift the crowd? And normally it's the latter, but you don't have to do much. It only needs like one crunching tackle. Like there was one in the second half or yeah. two or three. In fact, when McGinn just flattened someone out by the touchline, cash went through. I think it would have been Harvey Barnes. It must, it must have been. There was one Things against like that Man City as well, Ash- wasn't there? Yeah. Was yeah. And, and Ashley Young does it a lot where Ashley Young really gets the crowd involved mm. and it all helps. Uh, what's the state of the game? Konza is the first centre-back to score twice in the Premier League this season uh, and apparently is the first defender to score twice in the Premier League since 2010 for Villa. I believe that was Kieran Clark. Mm-hmm. loophole I think he was playing midfield that day so you'd have what? to go back further and I think it was 2007 who, who allowed, and Martin Larson who, who allowed that to happen 2010 <laughs> it would have been uh, Hullier <laughs> would it have been Hullier would it have been Hullier or would it have would been, it been Lambert wouldn't it yeah and also Matty Cash made 10 successful tackles which was the most of any player in the Premier League game this season I don't get these individual stats like when they say oh uh, amazingly uh, Sanson had six dribbles and uh, so and so <laughs> had eight tackles and you're thinking well I used to play football in 90 minutes I'd have more than fucking eight tackles how many pre-assists <laughs> like I don't know 45. how many pre-assists <laughs> but you know they, 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 they're touted as big stats but they sound like minuscule when when you've actually played the game you think well mm-hmm. you know I was tackling every every like two bloody minutes or something. Yeah. Tackling, I was tackling people on my own team mm-hmm. first touch <laughs> is so bad the second touch is a tackle <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah that's right Phil sure it's only one stat that matters one. Burning question uh, of the week. Actually, listeners have wanted us to uh, dissect this. Uh, Gerard said uh, a few players are still not sure of committing properly to what we want. And uh, the listeners, uh, this is in Match Club, uh, said it raises the question of who is he referring to? Now, my mm. first offering, my first blood sacrifice would be uh, Leon Bailey from a defensive point of view. In mm. terms of, you know, that Manchester City didn't really, you know, he turned his back as he uh, tried to close down in a kind of a casual manner. And also that Gerard's reaction when he didn't release the ball to Watkins when he, you know, when he took the selfish route. So I think uh, part of what they want is obviously, you know, that quicker release, a snappier release, unselfishness to move the ball in a more progressive fashion than just trying to dribble at three players. So I think Liam Bailey's definitely in that uh, on the on the shit list, so to speak. He's certainly he's certainly on the naughty list for now, but he's, he ain't going to be seen for a while. And you yeah. actually think if, if Gerard gets his way over the next few weeks, and depending on how long Bailey's out, potentially you know a couple of months, maybe you might find it hard to get back in the team once you've got Trezeguet back, Traore back, and be- both of them. Let's be fair, they're inconsistent, but it's not for want of trying, and they put a shift in, and certainly Trezeguet defensively, he really works hard for the team. Yeah, anybody else? Uh- I'd be controversial and say I think it's um, Matty Cash. What? what? No, what? I, don't buy, what? I don't buy that. No, as I think, I'm just looking at Jared going over and talking to the players after that Leicester game. He, he talked in the combat, he talked a lot to Cash, and as if to say, see, if you do what I told you to do in the second half, that's what happens. Like I said, it's controversial, but just looking at the body language... Not saying Cash is playing bad. It's just it's following instructions more so than 
playing good or bad. It's doing what he tells them to I'm do. I'm still with Cash. Uh, I think defensively this season he's been good, and in terms of effort, defensively I'm still Final third. He needs work. Always crossing. Level. Do we want to talk about the crossing? The first two crosses, which were like shockers. There was one, there was one in each half that he just smashed he just past keeps everyone. Smashing them, yeah. But he was, you know, his Forest highlights reel when he obviously used to also play as a winger. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, we've got a winger. Mm-hmm. Wing back, right back here. He's, he's got a shot on him. There was signs that we were starting to see things from him. But this season, uh, final third, hasn't been so uh, smart. Ever since he became Polish. Yes. Defensively mm. sound now. It's all like garlic sausage. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the cabanosis. Attacking-wise, it seems to have put his uh, completely fucked his radar up when it comes mm. to uh, delivering passes. But who else? I'm trying to think because he's saying a few. I wonder if it's just collectively. You know, he just wants everything to be neater in possession and that would probably be, you could aim that at a lot of them at, at singular moments in games. Because it was, I mean, you saw it in, in that Manchester City game, the first half, this kind of slow... Uh passing trying to pass it out the back was it you know it got ridiculous it was embarrassing to the point when when they just like pressed us back and martinez for a corner martinez <laughs> passes it out for a corner you're thinking jesus christ <laughs> this is it's almost embarrassing i had to go for a beer and uh an angry pint <laughs> an angry pie and a beer just because it was getting too embarrassing to watch but in the second half there's a lot more zip a lot more purpose oh, yeah. and and it became a lot more effective in terms of playing through uh, Manchester City. And when we're not being passive, I think, as well, you know, you saw right from the word go in the second half of both the City and especially Leicester, Villa were right in their faces, which they weren't to begin with. It's a classic thing as well that you, that when you start to do some of those positive things and you do follow some of the team instructions and they start to play off your confidence raises yeah. and that was the, no different against Leicester as it was against Man City I've noticed as well we play we play um, triangles with a, with a runner and yeah. that, that's proving very effective in and around the box I mean the ball that Buendia fashions against Man City into into uh, Carney you know I think if he hits that first time you know it was a fantastic save anyway from there from the City keeper but I think if we're making those those moves like the the ball that McGinn puts into Watkins that, that could have been in also the ball into to Ramsey those triangles are proving very yeah. effective yeah I, I think we're definitely watching a team progress now mm. which uh, is exciting I so. right uh, I think we'll call it a day for now I uh, just want to give uh, the My Man Said patrons a big shout out uh, thank you very much uh, for your support I'll be sending you uh, a message I was uh, going to drop you a, a few notes over the week but I had a booster jab and that had me spinning out for about 48 hours <laughs> not spinning out literally but f- just wanting to lie down and completely fatigued all the time. <laughs> just want to give a shout out to uh, Robert Morris uh, for signing up and also uh, Benjamin David and uh, also f- to Tony Bridgden for upping his pledge as well. When you join up uh, to be a My Old Man Sub patron, you get access to Match Club, which uh, we will all be uh, joining up for the Liverpool game, as we uh, tend to do more away games uh, because obviously we're at the grounds for uh, Villa Park encounters. Also, we ha- we well, we've got a few podcasts to deliver on the uh, extra podcast channels. Uh, we apologise for uh, being slack with that uh, over the last four weeks, but uh, there's some uh, good stuff winging its way 
and uh, I'll do some uh, solo shows as well to uh, catch up on a few of the uh, the key issues and uh, meetings that are on the card. We actually got a fan consultation meeting uh, this week. Uh, please do go to myomansaid.com and click on the patron link to get more details there. Uh, please do follow uh, the podcast on all the uh, social media channels at myomansaid. Buy your Christmas jumper from... Uh, villaunderground.com if you have a strong stomach. So the feedback's been very good. I mean, <laughs> uh, I some happy customers. Shittest one yet. Truly awful. These are fucking disgraceful. That's just three... Strong. Three, strong. Five stars on, on, on the review sites. Uh, pin tweet on Twitter. Enter and you could win one in the next week. Happy days. <laughs> Still, it's a weird cult you've got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we all fly away on our comments... <laughs> <laughs> You'll be sad that you don't have a jumper. Christmas jumpers. Villaunderground.com. These are not endorsed by myomansaid.com. Just <laughs> you may lose more money than you put forward. <laughs> Remember, an investment in a Villa Underground jumper can go down as well as up. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. They're not made out of. They were eighty percent spandex until this year. I've I've improved the sourcing. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, they are a sight to behold. I don't know about the back, but the the fronts, uh, it made me chuckle. <laughs> and it's not brown. It's carrot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, burgundy. <laughs> Crimson <laughs> to quote, yeah, to quote uh, Tom Fox. Right, uh, do have a great week, everybody, and thanks for listening to the show. And uh, we will be back again in your ears uh, shortly. Any final words before we uh, disappear? Where are we off to next? Anfield. Just win. Just win. Then. Yep. Two one. Two one. There's the score prediction. Until that two one win at Anfield, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.